Hello and welcome to C4 podcast. This is Kunal Patel. Uh, we have our classmate Manoj from India in today's episode. Um, hey Manoj, welcome to C4 podcast. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking. Great. Great. So Manoj, you are based out of uh, Bangalore, India, and it seems that you're already playing a, some sort of role in innovation uh, in your uh, existing organization, and you've done quite a bit of uh, work on uh, entrepreneurship, innovation, exploration. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you. Thanks for giving opportunity, and it's wonderful talking to you. So, hi, folks. Whomsoever is listening, great talking to all of you, and hi from India. So, uh, Kurnal already introduced me with my name. So, but my full name is Manoj Kumar Parma. So, very long name. I just wish that everybody calls me Manoj. That's in short form. Yeah, so I am. Uh, that's really not a long name. Uh, the longest name was uh, our friend I spoke last week. Uh, okay. Gonzalo Fernandez del Castillo Garcia. <laughs> I okay. the longest <laughs> name. <in my> class. <laughs> wow. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, great. So, yes, yeah, so I, uh, my short introduction is that I am uh, from India, uh, born and brought up into the Gujarat, where current prime minister belongs and I have voted for him. So that is a kind of an, a, a proud movement that I have. Uh, and yeah, and then I joined uh, a company called NVIDIA in 2008. Majority of you guys know today that they are the leading in the AI hardware uh, making and gaming with respect to GPU. And post that in 2010, I joined Bosch uh, uh, in Bangalore again, and then moved to Germany, Stuttgart for three years of an period starting from 2011-2012 and then come back again to Bangalore for one and a half years again gone to Germany, Stuttgart again for one and a half years and then 16 again back in Bangalore and then continuing in Bangalore. So I have been on and off in Bangalore and India and Germany shuttled quite a lot. And during this particular period I started as a control system designers for the automotives uh, and then gradually moved uh, into my career, taking in a different kind of responsibilities and roles. And today I, I work as an innovation expert in my current organization, where I am responsible for advanced computing themes. That means what is going to happen in the computing next. So today we are talking about processors, uh, faster and faster processors, but they are already hitting their limits. So what will happen in the future? So I'm kind of an exploring that particular uh, area, building in a strategy around for our new products and services uh, that how it should really look like for the futures. And in topics like how AI blockchain and IoT is some of the deep tech things that they are going to impact. Yeah, so this is the kind of an, a topic that I work for. And I have a very interesting group with me, which is called the Inspired Computing Group. So we are looking and exploring into the areas that how the future of computing will be not in the traditional way. So we are taking an inspiration from the nature. We are taking inspirations of the quantum mechanics. So this is a very interesting and yeah, quite an exciting work that, that I do. And my background is that I am, uh, uh, I finished my undergraduation in engineering. So this was a with major in electronics and communications in 2007 and then during all these years when I was working I realized that I need to also understand in the business a little bit so in the year of 2017 
18 time frame i did my executive mba from indian institute of management bangalore and now student again at hsc paris so that's, that's great kind of short introduction that's great fascinating um excellent rundown uh, on your background uh, you've done quite a bit of work uh, in different areas uh, it seems that you've been a technologist all along uh, you are an engineer by training yeah um what is your passion uh, manoj yeah so as you can see that i'm all along technologist and i have not tried to move away and the, what every engineer likes is i love solving the problems but when i say that i love solving the problems it's a very specific kind of a problems which i feel that can advance the humanity and which can make a dent in a universe so that is the kind of in a problem solving and challenges that i love and solving that and that has kept me motivated and passionate that i'm still working in that technology so this is my my main passion i would put it this way solving some of the most complex problems and i'm really excited about it and apart from that i am very passionate about reading when i say i'm passionate i very specifically focus on to the topic of when a civilization and military history and till now i finished 123 books so that's a kind of oh wow uh, <laughs> that that's that's fascinating 123 books on specific topic um yeah. do you recommend any of those books that we read uh any anything yeah. that comes to your mind and i think that i will very specifically say at least in the military history we will talk about in the strategy course also but i suggest everyone to go back and read at least the art of war uh, that is from the sunzu which is the old classic major people would have heard it but i still recommend that you read it in the context of a business and the world that changing today and the other book that is uh, that i really recommend uh, from the civilizations point of view is it is very fascinating that if you look at the babylonian uh, civilizations related books because there is not one single book there is a set of books which are there but the theme would be that babylonian civilization it is quite an advanced civilization from their point of view uh, and which is deeply studied so that was that's also another very interesting thing cool art of war i have heard about this book quite a bit and not so great things not because the book is not good it's just that the kind of tactics it teaches uh, people just take it different way um just to give you a very specific example uh someone managing people underneath uh, like l- let's say you have direct reports how do you make sure that they both are um uh, some way or the other fric- having some sort of friction with with, uh, with each other and they're always on their toes and you are benefiting as a boss from that uh that's something someone told me i learned from this book and i was like that's a terrible thing to learn from <laughs> yeah so it's just like yeah you're right so that is the kind of an uh, limitation of that particular book because it talks about in the very cryptic language a terse language uh, and it is left to interpretation and like any interpretation uh, you can make it as in a good way as well as in a bad way so therefore it is better that you read it and try to imbibe and interpret it for yourself that what is good rather than somebody else telling so that okay. is a kind of a very interesting and you are right and uh, that this is people have misused it and right. not denying it what i would like people to really focus is that take a look at that book read it and try to see that what you can use it which suits your personality and what right. fits into your scheme of anything your morality or ethics and lot of other things 
yeah that's kind of everything awesome nice i'll try to read that book yeah good it's um, all about first and experience with the book is what i will suggest <laughs> right right i'll give it a shot uh and hopefully i come out as a good manager versus uh, someone who who's bit corrupted yeah. i think that you should what it focuses on rather than the manager that how you can be in a leader and the book is all about how you uh, fight externally and it has right. nothing to do with how you do with your organization or your internal things it is all right. about getting the all the people together and then fighting external forces so that is where the the book's uh, focus lies but yeah you can always turn around <laughs> you have to define who is your enemy first <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah that's a classic thing in today's world yeah, yeah. all right um so moving on um uh, manoj i see that you've done a bunch of certifications uh, mostly in uh strategic management business management some in uh tech um it seems that you've been uh, quite a bit of fan of coursera you've done bunch of courses from there and you also have um done your executive uh, sort of mba from iim bangalore which is one of the top institute in india yes. um what brings you to hcc paris okay so first of all that i i am an also a passionate guy about learning a lot of things i love learning so coursera uh, edx so a lot of other things in my life i have learned till now finished those to 60 moves on different different topics so that's the one thing uh, and all this learning is only making me realize that in today's vuca world mastering innovation and entrepreneurship is the something that is fundamentally a different and we should focus on and okay. that is that is what has motivated me to come here and even after doing that executive general management program at iimb and doing all this bunch of courses what i realized is that all this traditional mbas are teaching you to be in a manager and manage a company which is build ones right right but where they do teach about making a companies becoming an a leader where do they talk about innovation and entrepreneurship so this was the quest that i was after and that's where i i wanted to pursue a very specific specialization in the innovation and entrepreneurship so that was the whole motivation and then the second question is that why at acc paris which is a very natural follow up question so i looked at bunch of universities bunch of specialization courses also i looked at the very uh, another leading uk based universities and what i have seen that made a real difference for me to make a decision to come to only hcc paris and take all that uh, you know that extra effort to make application preparations and all this thing is because all other places the teaching staff i evaluated them on the kind of an research outputs which they have produced in the recent time in the field of innovation and entrepreneurship and all the universities which i was considering looking at the staff and their kind of you know, courses and their research work they are more still focused on the traditional work that how i can do the incremental innovation and not really the disruptive one while at the hcc paris i have seen that the faculties are very young the researches are contemporary in the field where it really makes sense and they are more connected to the ground realities yeah, and they, they they are talking about disruptive things and that is why i chose msc yeah. to do the msc at hcc paris and also that their startup 
support system which they have created is one of the most fascinating thing in the France. So this favored me that okay, all out go for the if you want to do the embassy, go for HEC Paris, nowhere else. Very insightful answer, and I think you brought out some facts that I think not everyone is aware of. Um, that you did some research on faculties. Uh, yes, in business management, that plays a huge role. Yeah, uh, that's that's amazing. That's that's good. Nice to hear. Uh, constant validation of uh, all of us making the right choice and joining HEC Paris. Uh, yeah, or, I just say that we were uh, knowingly, unknowingly, we made. A great choice, and I'm hopeful that it will really have a uh, lasting impact on all of us. That's right. what I hope. Yep, let's hope for that. Yeah. Um, so Manoj, you've done some uh, like innovation management, and as part of uh, your work, you've also traveled to US. You've been part of uh, UC Berkeley Acc startup accelerator. Yes. Um, do you want to talk about that and yeah. also talk about any projects that you have in mind that you want to work on okay. uh, as, a, as a innovator or entrepreneur? Okay. So first, thanks for noting that and asking you the question. I really appreciate that. Uh, so UC Berkeley was a kind of an, uh, a changing experience for me. Uh, so I didn't directly apply for the UC Berkeley. So I will also make that particular fact clear. My company Bosch at a global level has an attire with UC Berkeley. And then there are certain through via internal processes. We, we prepare an application and then at a Bosch level, they allow certain applications to directly flow into the UC Berkeley's accelerator program. So this is the normal process. And I have gone through that particular process and then was part of a UC Berkeley's accelerator program. So this is how we, we, got, we get in. Uh, there and when I have got in there, it was a kind of an uh, intense activity for two and a half months where we started with an idea with an hypothesis, having used the business model canvas set up front, identifying who is the customer and what kind of a uh, value proposition that we can build and what kind of an uh, uh, area that we have to focus on. So this generally what happens that when somebody asks you the question, you just try to fill in something sitting at your desk or sitting at comfortable locations and all these things. One interesting thing that I learned from there is that whatever you put in your business model canvas at a very first thing, everything are your guesses and 99% of the time, all your guesses are wrong. Okay. Okay. So they say that you have to go out and really do the interview of your real customers and see, seek their opinions, feedback and validate your hypothesis that this is really their problem and they, and your solutions will be really useful and they are willing to pay for it. So many times it happens that the ideas are really great and it is just nice to have. It is not a must have. For an example, right. Zoom for collaboration is a must have. But Zoom is providing an additional feature like, okay, you can schedule a meeting in advance and all these things is a nice to have. Right. I come here because I can have a communication with you. So that is Zoom's value proposition. Like that, it wasn't really fascinating. And, they, and I left that entire course with one single message saying that you have to go out of the building and you have to hunt for your real customers and focus on your customer's problem, not the problem that you want to solve. That is a, a kind of a summary. That, that is the learning from that. And as part of uh, that particular extra program, we were focusing on the very specific area of an, uh, sustainable and the green energy sources. 
and our idea was that how can we make the uh, transparency in the green energy sourcing all the way to the customers uh, this is where we started and during our customer interviews and this entire process we realized that that is not really the problem that they are focusing on and that is not as of now their need so then we pivoted it and then we come up with an idea that it is uh, better that the peers like your neighbors trade the energy so if you look at in the countries like europe and us lot of the people have the solar uh, rooftop they are generating the energy and measured with the time either they are storing inside their battery packs or they are giving back to the grid uh, and in both the cases they are earning let's say x amount okay. it is possible that they can sell the same energy to the neighbor who actually needs it and they can earn little bit more so that was the idea and okay. we are actively pursuing it and as of now the market valuation of this particular idea is close to a 12 to 13 million us dollar but do you have to see so when- <laughs> is this something that you are uh, planning to work on uh, actively and conceive this idea into a product and a company okay so uh, as i said that i am an innovator and my job is to find a problem and solve the problem so what we did is uh, that i we found this particular problem we built the first solutions and then we handed over this to our execution teams uh, so they are now going into the more traditional space of building in a business building a products and services and i only act as a consultant to them or as a sounding board to that because i love to find a new problem and solve the other problems also which are even bigger okay. is there any problem that you want to solve for yourself and not hand it over to your company's different department something that you want to get out of bosch and do on your own yeah so uh, what i have i have an a multiple thoughts let me put it this way as as in like i'm in a wishful entrepreneur as of now and i have a lot of wishes <laughs> yeah uh, but one thing that i really want to pursue uh, as an uh, outside the bosch or outside the company and the technology that fascinates me is in ai in artificial intelligence and what we are looking into is that uh, once the artificial intelligence becomes pervasive uh, how we are going to protect it or how we are going to secure it uh, and this is a kind of an a uh, question that haunts me day in and day out because any technology is always in a double uh, edged sword it can right. be used for the good part it can be used for the bad part and just because somebody use it for the bad part a fraction of a society or a fraction of a people i do not want the technology's growth to be stopped and lot of marginalized people will get impacted if the technology right. doesn't move so fast so this is something that i really am fascinated and working on it and yeah and i'm trying to build something in my free time so let's see where it takes me great nice um so uh, you've learned quite a bit from different uh source of learning which is your coursera courses your mba your engineering and yes. now which is paris um, and also quite a bit of experience uh, at university of california berkeley yeah um good learnings are good but i believe that a failure teaches you the most um have you come across a failure in your career somewhere um that yeah. has shaped you in a way you are and the way you think about the world and the problem solution and everything yes so yeah so failures uh i can only say that i am 
today because what I have learned from lot of failures. Okay. And uh, uh, majority of the time we focus on the successes, but we are shaped by the learnings or what we have learned from our hardships and from the failures. So yeah, there are kind of quite a bit of an, uh, failures or disappointments uh, that I had, but I have taken all of them as an opportunity of learning. Okay. Uh, for an example, uh, uh, at uh, somewhere around 2013 or 14, I had uh, a two product ideas. Uh, I have built an MVP. I have built a very uh, compelling case from the technology point of view, saying that why it was needed, what problem that I'm solving, and all these things. And within the span of another six months, both the product ideas were killed uh, by the business teams and by the other teams. And what? And naturally, when it was your your idea and when it gets killed, you are always always sad. And I was also sad. I'm not an exception. But what I realized later on when I reflected on it, saying that it is, I wanted to. Uh, solve the problems which I have seen it but it was not really a need of a business and this was a very big revelation for me say uh, and that is what I learned it and that was the reason to go for the executive general management program to be honest okay. that I realized that I lacked that particular uh, viewpoint in my thinking and that was the whole reason so that was a very very uh, big revelations for me and that failures are there. And also I realized that the failures are inevitable. It is not in your control always, they are inevitable. And if they are inevitable, you shouldn't stop doing something. You shouldn't stop taking risks. We have to encourage to take risks and we have to, to learn from failures. Okay. Another interesting failure that I had at very early stage in my career is 2007-8 is that I figured out certain issue at my workplace. And I simply shoot out a mail saying that I have figured out this particular issue and I think it is really in a big problem. And this creates uh, half the organization wide panic. Right. And the panic was that I made in a very, you know, that a bold statement without giving an evidence. And for the three, three and a half months, the very big project uh, was, you know, kind of an halted. And when they asked me to produce a documentation and all these things, I had none because I had just done one experiment and then I had just told them that this is an issue. At that point of time, I realized, uh, not at that point, after some time, when I had a lot of discussions with some of my supervisors, some of the colleagues, that I realized that it is okay to give a red flag early but when you give a red flag, you have to back up the red flag also. Because if the red flag is not really in a red flag, you have halted the entire organization for three and a half months. And it was a substantial economic impact also. Uh, I'm thankful that the organization uh, did not take any action uh, because fortunately the claim was right that eventually proved out, but it was a kind of a scary moment. And I learned that from that particular mistake that either you document it or don't do it at all. Okay. Makes sense. Important learning. Yeah. Yeah. Those are like probably building blocks of your uh, career. Um, yes. Something that you, you all learn what to do. It's very important to understand what not to do. Right. Yes. These are important lessons. Yeah. Cool. 
So, um, Manoj, besides solving problem and working on innovative ideas, um, what are your hobbies? Any interest? Uh, what do you do in free time? Okay, so reading, as I already told you, reading is one of my hobby, and it is still the number one hobby for me also. And I, I was like kind of really mad at reading. So that is that is what I can say. Apart from that, another another very interesting hobby. I love cooking. Oh wow, cool. <laughs> and, yeah so cooking is something is my stress buster so i like to cook and there are days that in my home that we have scheduled that yeah so certain specific days i will only cook no matter what great so that's what do you cook I, yeah so that's the next part so being in india cooking indian is known stuff and i so i said if I, it's really my hobby and it's really that i want to do something i will cook something which is not indian so over the period of time i have made a specialized kind of an or let me put it this way i have improved my skills in uh, different different cuisines uh, mexican cuisine and thai cuisine is as of now two, two of my uh, or some of my top dishes comes from these two cuisines and the third one that is there is in Italian very specifically the pastas is what I love cooking and uh, once in a quarter or sometimes whenever we have the family functions I really cook sometimes for let's say 15-20 people also sometimes and it's really good I like great. it that's great I love it. amazing and I also do a lot of physical activities especially the jogging and cycling and that also I learn and a lot of my new ideas a uh, lot of revelations for self-reflection comes it when either I'm jogging or cycling because I feel that is a time which I have for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful so if you're confused about something or you want to do something go for a jog you'll get an idea so that's great. I just kind of even in office also when I'm like confused or something I just drop everything I just take a short walk and like 10 or 15 minutes it just brings the clarity to the head. If even if it doesn't give the answer, it just gets a clarity, and then the answer emerges out of it. <laughs> Amazing! That's different way of uh, solving a problem. For me, it's just uh, sit up, sit at a place where I can uh, be with nature, you know, among the trees, and I get some uh, good ideas and solution to problems. Uh, for you, it's jogging. Amazing. Um, how often do you jog in a week? Okay, so in a, in a week, uh, I jog six days minimum and maximum seven. <laughs> so <laughs> like that. So what happens is that on a weekdays or whenever there is an office, my jogging distance is limited to let's say three to four kilometer. On the weekend, I take a little longer, almost seven to eight kilometers. That's what I do. Cool, that's good. Um, cooking, jogging and reading. Nice. Yeah. Um, any message that you want to give to our classmates? Okay. So I, I just want to give in a very short quote and probably people can relate to it is that in today's fast changing and continuously, you know, evolving world, if you are not living on the edge, you are taking too much space. You have to okay. cut yourself in a slack and be on the edge of whatever that you are doing. We are really at the frontier of what you are doing. That's all, all I can say because I realized that the time of the generalist has gone. 
if you want to be in a specialist or you want to be an expert on something how to be on that particular fields real real cutting edge and if you are not on the cutting edge you are taking too much space and eventually you will be replaced somebody else will take edge insightful that's insightful so can you elaborate on uh, be on the edge i i mean i understand that be specialist of something but is that what yeah. you meant or what exactly so when i say the be on the edge of something uh, is that when we say something is an edge is something is that is a flat and a known and then just if you take one more step uh, then you will fall down right, right. so something there is an a deep which you don't know so basically it is a boundary for me the edge is in a boundary of an unknown and unknown and be an explorator and be a specialist again in the exploratory don't do the general exploration be an specialist or whatever activity you do try to get an expertise and be on the edge that means you should be the person who is discovering a new ways and new paths because that is what you can do and that is what we are supposed to do everything else is just a, a matter of an time it will fall in place very nice and different thinking that's amazing i hope uh, all of our classmates uh, follow this and we all start living on the edge <laughs> i hope so that would be good this for all was, of us this was great talking to you manoj um, any parting thoughts for the classmates uh, before we go uh, any book that you want to recommend uh, for okay. classmates yeah at least a one book i which i will recommend that everyone should read uh is from daniel kahneman which is thinking fast and slow and good if you if you read this particular book you will be more self aware about your own biases your own assumptions and your own thinking which is majority of the time is a limiting factor for our self uh, you know growth and improvement over a period of time so and that is also a very insightful book in terms of in a, a how the customers or how really the users uh, use the product services what kind of an uh, limitations they have in their own mind so yeah that is a kind of an a book uh, that i will uh, recommend and a one word on the author uh, mr daniel kahneman is an a nobel prize winner in the economics and he jump started this entire behavioral economics with that particular of his book so i recommend that as in a book that everyone should read it who is in the part of an entrepreneurship and innovation it gives you a different kind of an a perspective nice book and i this is what i recommended when ford interviewed me um, it's one of my favorite books uh, nice. uh, please read everyone that book is really good and it will shape your thinking uh, like manoj yeah. said yeah Thank you for participating in C4 podcast Manoj um it was nice to chat with you thanks Manoj thanks for okay. this opportunity and really liked it talking it felt like okay i am talking to some of my old time friends yeah we are old time friends for all <laughs> we go back 4 months 2 months yeah <laughs> yeah 2 months that's great a lot of time in today's world yep <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you for chatting with me and uh, looking Thanks. forward to study with you. Yeah. Bye. Look forward to studying with all of you. Thanks. Have a nice day. God bless. Bye. Bye.